Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Just a quick comment before I begin. I use some words and themes in this episode that are for you, not for your small children that you may have around. So plug in those buds or find a private place to listen. I want to talk today about the importance of modesty. It's a virtue that some might call old-fashioned. Modesty seems to have negative connotations. We think of words like prude or goody-goody or moralist when we're speaking about our exterior modesty. Yet the true definition of modesty is valuing our own privacy and respecting the privacy of others. In this episode, I'd like to talk about three different types of modesty. First of all, modesty in the home. And just a heads up, I'm going to be talking about modesty and the internet and social media in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that because I'm not going to get into it. It's too big to get into it in this episode, but I will address it in um, either next Thursday's episode or the following week. But let's talk about other forms of modesty in the home, in particular in the movies and the TV shows that we watch. Many years ago, Michael and I were watching a movie, and it was R-rated. Our son came down. He had been in bed, but he came down, and he was talking to us about something that had happened with his brother in the bedroom, and he noticed the cover of the VCR. Yeah, it was that long ago, (laughs) and he saw the R rating on it, and he said to us, he must have been about eight or nine, he said to us, If I can't watch R-rated movies, why can you? It was a completely innocent question, but it made my husband and me think, why is it okay for us to watch things that we would not want our children to watch? Now, I know that there are different levels of R's and, you know, some R's are for uh, violence and some R's are for sexuality. Um, But it's really an interesting thing to think about. Why is it okay that if we don't want our children to watch some things, why should we watch them? Just something to think about. Um, But then I would go a little bit further and be especially careful with ours because of sexuality, graphic sexual scenes. It's not good for us. It's not good as adults for us to be watching that. It devalues the intimate act, and it's just not a good thing for our husbands to see or for us to see. It fills our brains with images that are hard to get rid of. So be careful in the movies and the TV shows that you watch. I remember when I was growing up, I never watched something if I felt uncomfortable that my mom or dad were going to be in the same room with me. And I think we should do that same thing with our children. We shouldn't watch anything that's on TV or movies if we're uncomfortable or if our children are there with us and we're thinking, what are they thinking about us, that we're okay with this. 
Also in books and magazines around the home. Now, I think in this day and age, there are not so many magazines around the house. But if you have a subscription to Cosmo or maybe even People Magazine, get rid of it. It's just junk. And more often than not, there are themes and pictures in those magazines that we're going to have to ask our husbands or our sons to not pay attention to. They don't affect us as women as much as they affect our husbands and our sons as men. And we need to be sensitive to that. And the books that we read, do they have themes? Do they have sexual scenes or, you know, the romance novels that are completely about the chase and the capture? Is that a good thing to have around to show our children that that's what we're interested in reading about? The second place that we can check our modesty is in our speech. Being careful not to speak of others' private actions. So if we know something about someone or someone has confided something in us, we keep it confidential and we don't blab it around the house. Not even telling our husbands and especially not telling our husbands when our children can hear. We need to keep private what ought to be private. We should also be careful not to be crass, to speak of body parts with a lack of respect. And when we talk about the intimacy of the marital act in any way, it should be with respect and a sense of the divine gift. And our discussions should always be private, one-on-one with the children. Since our culture has made this unbelievable shift in all things related to the intimacy of our bodies and our love, it's even more of a challenge now to make sure that our children and ourselves don't get sucked into the debasing of our sexuality and this God-given gift of our bodies. Our bodies are made in his image and likeness. And that's the message that we need to send to our children. We have made lovemaking as common as going through the drive through Our children need to hear from us first about intimacy and how we view it. They may hear the foul and disgusting comments that other children throw out, but our children will always go back to what we think of intimacy, a gift from God and a gift to marriage that can bring life into the world. It isn't some extracurricular activity. It is about life giving to our partner and receiving life from God and also keeping the tone in the home high with refinement and class, refraining from foul language. Foul language is actually a slippery slope because it takes us all into a place that is very, I don't know, common just seems to be the word that comes to me. Common. Let's have respect. Let's have, let's, let's raise the tone of who we are as human persons and not fall into the bad habit of foul language. If my dad said hell, that was a bad word. And I remember it. I mean, I could count on one hand that my father used foul language. And as I grew up, I had a high respect for him that he had a high respect of language and for us in the way he spoke to us. And that's a form of modesty. Okay, the last area that I want to talk about modesty is probably the most important and the most common, and it's in our dress. We need to put thought into what we wear and the message it sends. 
Men are accosted constantly in our society by images of women with slight and subtle seduction, as well as full-out near nudity in marketing and advertising. And it's a gross error of judgment and justice, really, to dress in such a way that a man must deal with his natural urgings. I remember the first day I took our two oldest sons to high school. Um, They were in the same grade, and I had never really taken that route with them before. But there we were driving down the road, and at a bus stop, there was this huge image on the bus stop enclosure of a woman whose breasts were nearly falling out of whatever she was wearing. I didn't even see what she was wearing because I was so focused on the breasts that were falling out. And this was there for my sons to see on their very first day of high school. And I was angry. I was so angry. With five boys, our job was to teach them how to look away and not engage, even for a few seconds. But it always made me so angry when women and advertisers felt the freedom to tease my sons and my husband, take a peek or a look at what I have, but too bad, so sad, you can't have this. Seriously, it did and it still does make me so angry. God created men's bodies to react to women's bodies. And thank goodness, or we wouldn't have children. But some women use their body to get men's attention, just to get it, just to get a look, noticed. And then they walk away while the man is filled with desire and doesn't know what to do with it, or can't do anything with it. And then women complain that they don't want to be objectified. Seriously? Then stop objectifying yourself. Now, just to be clear, I completely believe that men are responsible for their actions and their thoughts, and they need to be responsible for removing themselves from any temptations. But they are not slabs of stone. They are made as God intended, and they react, whether they like it or not, whether they want to or not. So we have to be aware of that and sensitive to it. We need to dress in a way that honors our body rather than uses it to get attention. Your soul is what makes you you. When we connect with each other, we connect through the eyes. There we find the deepest part of a person. There we find their soul, who we are and what makes us human, our soul. When you see a dead person's body in a casket, you almost don't recognize them. Their body is the same, but their soul is gone. We want to connect with people through our soul, not our body first. One of my sons came home from his senior prom, and I asked him how it went. And he said it was terrible, and he proceeded to describe her dress. Cut down to here and up to here. I spent the whole night trying not to look at her. I wanted to have fun with her, not have sex with her. I was shocked. He was angry. And she was probably oblivious or wondering why my son didn't come on to her. And I was so proud of him. Moms, you need to be the standard bearer of appropriate dress. You're not in a position to be looking for attention. Dress with class, style, and grace. 
and teach your daughters to do the same. Start when they're very young. Clothing manufacturers have our daughters looking like miniature adults with an agenda at five years old. It's disgusting. It completely takes away their innocence and teaches them to objectify their body. Find the clothing manufacturers who design with class and modesty while still being trendy. You will probably spend a little more, but it will be worth the cost of helping your daughters stay modest, but also not stand out in out-of-date fashions. Will they be the only ones who dress modestly? Maybe, but that's okay. We must teach our children to be bold in good morals, to not be afraid of doing the right thing for fear of being labeled not cool. And the way they dress is just one way to nurture good morals. In fact, it's the beginning way. Because then when they're on dates as teenagers, they're going to be confronted with the next step, right? Across into the intimate sphere. And if they have learned to be modest with their bodies in their dress, they will be modest as teenagers in their intimacy and affections with the opposite sex. And continue to teach your sons to look away. Get your husband on board if he isn't already. I am certain that he already knows the struggle that men face. He can help his sons by modeling the behavior and gently encouraging them to look away when something is immodest. Acknowledge the problems that your sons face, but encourage them to be strong. Don't shame them for what their body naturally does, but teach them to manage it. Teach them to be in control of it rather than the victim of it. Help them to learn to appreciate and love the virtues and gifts of a woman not lust after her body, and help all your children to respect the creation that God made, a miraculous, wonderful human, not something to be objectified. Take care. Please don't forget to subscribe. I upload an episode every weekday on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. There are short little episodes that are more reflections, three to five minutes, And then on Thursdays, I upload the longer episode, which is a little more practical. So you need to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you would leave me a review, I would be so grateful. That's how podcasts get put out into the world. With the more reviews they have, the more Apple notices that people like it, the more they will offer it in the search. So subscribe and leave a review. Thanks. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.